Christmas yet, hon? Sorry. I didn't know the baby's sleeping. Hey, friend. It's good of you to be here today. How long has it been since we've seen each other? Fifteen years? Man, thanks for coming. There's a lot of things i got to tell you. You won't believe what just happened. Mary and I just got back from Jerusalem. We were down at Passover celebration with the whole family, just like we've done year after year, and, and we lost him. I thought he was ki- our oldest son, Jesus. We, we lost him. For three days we lost him. We, we thought he was kidnapped or, or, or murdered or, or worse. We didn't, know, we didn't know what to do. We had traveled back home. We, we were sure he was playing with the cousins up ahead, and by the time we made it to our stop that night and asked around, he was nowhere to be found. We were shocked. I was mad. How could he lose a 12-year-old boy? How could he lose his family? Mary, oh man, she started to cry. She, she cried for another two days until we found him. Jacob, do you have any kids? Four? Four kids? Do you ever lose one? Remember what it felt like? Sheer terror. Can you imagine losing a child for, for three days? We traveled back to Jerusalem. It took us just a day back. And as we were traveling, my mind was filled with these horrible pictures of how we might find him. And then the thought crossed my mind, maybe, maybe we'll never find him. Maybe we'll never see him again. Well, we found him. You'll never believe where. We, we searched all over Jerusalem. And we, we found him in the temple. Actually, just outside in the temple courts. There was a small crowd gathered. The teachers were, were teaching. And our 12-year-old son was, was asking questions. And they told us he, he gave some amazing answers, too. Let me tell you what I think is amazing. That he was lost for three days and he seemingly didn't seem to notice. Jacob, remember when we were young and we'd get in trouble and we had that guilty look on our face? He didn't have a guilty look on his face. Well, you're right. We were the ones who left him there. But, but still. And, and then when, when we found him and, 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 and Mary, oh, she let him have it. Son, how could you do this to your, to your father and I? And he said the strangest thing. He said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? At that moment, we didn't understand what he was saying. And, and he actually made us feel like we were the ones who were lost. My father's house, I thought. That's where we were going. To my father's house, my house, back in Nazareth, right here. Oh, Jacob, there's been a lot that's happened in the last 12 years. And, you know, I, I can't talk to Mary about these. I can't talk to the fan. I, I haven't been able to talk to anybody Thanks for letting me just share these things. I don't know if you heard, but things kind of got off to a rough start. Uh, even before we got married. You remember that Mary grew up here in, in Nazareth as well? Our friends, our families were friends, and, and we were friends, and we liked each other. Truth is, though, I think our parents liked each other more. Well, 
we were engaged. You know, the betrothal, the, the big party at, at Mary's house. And, and I gave the traditional gifts. And, and the relatives were there and lots of food. And, and we made our public commitments to each other. And, and right after that, things started to happen. Mary came to me shortly thereafter and said, Joseph, I, I need to go to the hill country of Judea. A distant relative of mine, Elizabeth. I said, who, who's Elizabeth? Well, she's a distant relative and, and she's way beyond childbearing years, but she's expecting a child and, and I need to go. This was out of the blue. We, we had not talked about this. I didn't know who this Elizabeth was and, and she didn't tell me when she was coming back. And, and Jacob, she had this worried look on her face. Something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. It was three months. That's how long she was gone. Three months. It was torture. No news. And all I could do was think about that worried look on her face. Well, things got worse. She came back with the same worried look on her face. But there was something else. Something was different. But I couldn't put my finger on it. And so I asked her, Mary, what is it? What, what's wrong? She said, Joseph, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, Mary, we've talked about everything. You can tell me anything. Tell me, what is it, Mary? Jacob, I wasn't prepared for what she said. She said, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Pregnant? Pregnant? <laughs> Jacob, those words ripped through my heart. Like a knife. I, I felt sick. I, I thought I was going to throw up. Oh, I was shocked. I was confused. I was humiliated. I felt betrayed. Angry. Who was he? How could she do this to me? God, how could you let this happen? Jacob was awful. I knew I wasn't the father. And yet after all the emotions ran their course, amazingly all I felt for Mary at that moment was pity. I, I still loved her, Jacob. But I wasn't prepared for explanation. She told me that she was pregnant not by another man, but by the Spirit of God. She spoke of an angel who visited her and, and told her about a miraculous birth and, and giving birth to Son of God. What would have you said? Well, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Mary came to me, her eyes filling with tears, wanting embrace. And I said, Mary, I, I, I just got to go. I got to just think about these things. I remember dragging myself back home. Emotions still stirring in my heart and my mind, trying to make sense of the last three months. But the pain was so intense, I couldn't think straight. I didn't know what to do, but quickly I decided I wasn't going to turn this into a public spectacle. Oh, I know what the law said and what I could have done, but I wasn't going to do that to Mary. 
the words of the prophet Micah rang through my mind. He has shown you, oh man, what does the Lord require to do justice and to love mercy? Right then and there, I decided I would choose mercy. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know if that meant divorcing her quietly. And that was my inclination, a quick and quiet separation of this relationship. I didn't know if showing mercy meant to let her marry this father or for me to marry her. I, I couldn't sleep that night. I was tossing and turning, trying to figure out what to do. And then as I drifted off to sleep, Jacob, I had a dream. And an angel of God spoke to me. He called me by name, Joseph, son of David. He said, don't be afraid. Take Mary home to be your wife. She is expecting, not by another man, but by the Holy Spirit. This child will be called Jesus. God is salvation. And he will save his people from their sin. When I woke up that next morning, I was confused going through it again in my mind. What, what just happened? And the more and more I thought about it, Jacob, the more I realized God had answered my prayer. I had been praying for direction. And through this dream, he had spoken to me. And I was sure that choosing mercy meant taking Mary to be my wife and her child to be my stepson. And so I got dressed and, and I ran over to Mary's house and, and I told her all about the dream and what the angel had said to me about the Holy Spirit and a baby boy, his name called Jesus. And I said, Mary, we need to get married. Come home this day. Be my wife. <laughs> no time to plan a wedding ceremony. No big celebration. Mary needed me. And God had made it clear and I was taking him at his word. That day I became a husband to dear Mary and a future stepfather to that child. Jacob, you know how news travels in this town. Oh, man, was it traveling. The gossip was just flying around. And it continued to grow. It was growing faster than, than Mary's stomach. And it was awful. It was humiliating. Jacob, my good name, was, was gone like that. My reputation, it was hard on my parents and, and on Mary's family, our brothers and sisters. We'd go down to the market. Those glaring eyes stared right through us. Eyes of judgment. The little kids would, would point at us and then whisper something to their parents and, and then there was laughter and giggles. Jacob, our devotion to God wasn't even a, a question anymore. They were convinced that we were the worst of sinners and that's how they treated us. Oh, treasure your good name, friend. For to lose your character and reputation to gossip and slander is the worst. And so when we heard about the decree from Caesar Augustus that everyone was to go back to their town of registration for our family, Bethlehem, the city of David, 
we were happy to leave this town. It wasn't a great time for Mary to take the trip. She was almost nine months pregnant. But we made the trip. The 80-mile trip took us a little slower in Mary's condition. And we got to Bethlehem. It became evident really fast that we were the last ones probably to get there. There wasn't space for us anywhere. Mary was just bone tired. Look through the distant relatives, no space there. I, I went from end to end, and, and all we could find was, was the back stable of some innkeeper so you could stay out back with the animals. And so there we were, weary, tired. Mary making arrangements. I'll never forget, she's, she's turning the feeding trough. Filthy. Cleaning it out, putting in the new straw, making a new bed, a crib for our baby. And as she was making the preparations, I, I was just daydreaming, thinking about it all. Here I was, ready to help deliver a child who wasn't my child. As I thought about what the angels had said, the promised Savior being born, I, I, I couldn't put it together. In the open sky, alongside of smelly, filthy animals. Nothing better than a feeding trough for a crib to two poor peasants like Mary and me. God, I said, I'm not even a father. You want me to be a father to the Son of God? About that time, I was snapped back into reality as Mary cried out in pain. And a few moments later, I was holding our baby. I cut the cord and handed him back to Mary. She washed him up and, and then wrapped each limb in those strips of cloth. We cried. We laughed. We praised and thanked God. And, and we stared in wonder at all that had happened. There's a beautiful peace that night in that place and in our lives. That peace was quickly broken when all of a sudden there was a commotion. And before we knew it, there was a band of, of shepherds that came in. And you should have seen their eyes, Jacob. They were as big as saucers. And then one of them pointed out, there he is, pointing to the baby. These shepherds, they too had, had seen an angel who had told them, of good news, which is for everyone, that today in Bethlehem, a Savior, Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, was born. He told them how they could find him. You can find this baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. When they came, they told us of the angels' news. They told us of the angels' song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom God's favor rests. And that night as I lay my head down on the straw, I prayed, God, may your favor rest on, on this new family. And I wondered, how, how could this child bring peace on earth? There had been little peace in our lives since Mary was pregnant with this child. How? Oh, 
the next few months, we actually knew peace. Jacob's life was pretty good until the Magi came. Jacob, we've never seen anything like it. You, you can't believe the garments these guys had and, and the gifts that they, they carried. These were wise men, kings, I think, from the east. They, they told us of a star that they had seen in the heavens and, and, and knew that that star somehow announced the, the birth of a new king, the king of the Jews, and how they had followed this star right here to our doorstep. They, they told us of how they had met King Herod, and, and they asked where they could find this king of the Jews. And, and, and Herod said he would like to know where he was too, that he might come and worship. Worship. That's exactly what they did as they brought these gifts, gifts that I've never seen before, smelled before, so much gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they, and they brought them and placed them before the baby, and then they bowed down, and they worshiped baby Jesus. That night, I, I had a dream. Don't think me crazy, but, but I had another dream. The same angel, he came to me and he said, Herod doesn't want to worship your son. Herod wants to kill him. You, you must take the child and his mother and, and flee to Egypt. And so, in the middle of the night, we packed our things and off we traveled to Egypt. There was no peace in Bethlehem when Herod's soldiers stormed the city and murdered the baby boys under two. And Jacob, we knew little peace as we fled in fear down to Egypt. Have you ever lived looking over your shoulder, wondering if there might be someone who's coming to kill your child? And then... Out of nowhere, one night, the angel comes and speaks to me again. The madman's dead. It's, it's okay for us to go back to, to home, to Nazareth. And so we travel back here to my house. You think I'm crazy, don't you? Don't answer that. Sometimes I think I'm crazy. And listen to myself telling the story, and I don't know how you would believe it, Jacob. But here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm learning when, when life's hard and sometimes very confusing and crazy to trust God, to choose mercy, and to hold on to the mysteries of life and of God. There's a lot of things that I'm not sure of. And so I keep going back to the things that I do know and that I do believe. And here's what I know, that God is good. That even in the craziness of life, he's given us peace. I know that Mary's a wonderful wife and, and, and she's a great mother. I know I'm not Jesus' father even though I love him like my very own. I know that he's no ordinary boy. Well, I mean, in many ways, he's just like any other 12-year-old boy. I think he's going to make a great carpenter. But I really believe he's like no other 12-year-old boy. 
Jacob, don't think me crazy, but I believe what the angel said to Mary, what the angel said to me, what the angel said to the shepherds, what the, what the, what the wise men reported, that he is the promised Savior, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. I don't understand it all. There's mystery. Mystery in a 12-year-old boy being the son of God. Mystery of a, of a virgin giving birth to a child. The mystery of God choosing me and Mary to be his parents. The mystery of, of how this child will bring peace, how this child will save people from their sin. I remember the prophet Isaiah who reminds us, God saying, as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Truly, as Moses said, the secret things belong to God. Jacob, I think I used to feel sorry for myself. I used to think that, you know what? My life was like nobody else's. Nobody could relate to me. Mine's so unusual, so different. More and more I think about it, Jacob. I think your life and mine's not that different. Every day we have an opportunity to, to take God at his word. To believe it. To obey it. Every day we have an opportunity to love mercy. To receive God's mercy and And to give God's mercy. And every day, as we walk with God, we have an opportunity to either reject that which is mysterious to us or to hold it tightly. Jacob, forgive me. I'm doing all the talking. But you know what? It's so helpful for me. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about these things. Believe me, you've helped me a lot just to be able to say it to you. But now I, I want to hear about your life. Did you say four kids? Wow. Who did you marry? Sarah. Isaacson? No way. Hey, you know what? It's time for dinner. Mary's got some great lamb stew. I want to hear the rest about your 15 years. Come on, let's get dinner. <laughs> 